Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Give praise, O servants of the Lord, who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing to his name, for it is pleasant. For the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself, Israel, as his own possession. For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does, in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all deeps. He it is who makes the clouds rise at the end of the earth, who makes lightnings for the rain, and brings forth the wind from his storehouses. He it was who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, both of man and of beast, who is in your midst, O Egypt, sent signs and wonders against Pharaoh and all his servants, who struck down many nations and killed mighty kings, Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan, and gave their land as a heritage, a heritage to his people Israel. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your renown, O Lord, throughout all ages. For the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak. They have eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear, nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. O house of Israel, bless the Lord. O house of Aaron, bless the Lord. O house of Levi, bless the Lord. You who fear the Lord, bless the Lord. Blessed be the Lord from Zion, he who dwells in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Well, before I start, a big welcome back to anyone who's been at camp this week, uh, youth and leaders alike. Um, it's great to have you back. I've been praying for you. Uh, the week just gone by, that um, you would have heard good stuff from the Bible and uh, kept going and been encouraged. So I'm hopeful that after chatting to you at the end, we'll be able to catch up and see uh, how that's gone for you. My goal this morning is very simple. I think even the smallest child in the room can spot what we should do from this psalm. Have a little look at verse 1, or a look at verse 2, or even verse 3. We are told to praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Give praise, O servants of the Lord, who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing to his name, for it is pleasant. If I teach this psalm this morning and you do not feel a sense of awe about who God is, kids, if at some point you've not thought, wow, God is amazing, then I will have let you down. Because this psalm is a psalm of praise to the Lord. And my hope is that we will do just that. We will praise the Lord together as I finish. Let's start, though. Let's start by me rewinding the clock back around 10 years ago to the big, beautiful city of Barcelona. I visited the capital of Catalonia in my early 20s, and no trip to Barcelona would be complete without visiting this place. This is Sagrada Familia. Sagrada Familia is a big cathedral designed by the famous architect Gaudi and it's been under construction for over 100 years. 
Here's a little fact about Sagrada Familia. When it's finished, it's going to be the tallest cathedral in Europe. When Gaudi designed it, he believed that nothing made by man should be taller than what's been made by God. And so the cathedral will be one meter shorter than the tallest mountain in Barcelona. How cool is that? When you go inside, it's even better. Most cathedrals are quite dark, right? But the stone is like a white color. There's loads of stained glass windows, and they let the light just pour into the room. And that's the part that I want to focus on right now for a very important reason, the stained glass windows. Now, if you look at stained glass windows, you get the beauty of all the colors, don't you? All those individual pieces of glass have been brought together. And the longer you look at it, the more you realize that it tells you a story, doesn't it? In Sagrada Familia, the stained glass window stories of the nativity and of the resurrection. Now, I say all of this because Psalm 135 is something that I'm going to call a stained glass window psalm. That's because every verse in Psalm 135 is actually pulled from different parts of the Bible. And it's pulled together to tell one beautiful story, a story that's going to take your breath away and fill your lungs with praise for God. And you might not have spotted it at first, but it's there. And this morning, we're going to step back together, and I'm going to show you how these verses tell one big, beautiful story that will take your breath away and fill your lungs with praise for God. Okay? That's my goal. Now, little ones in the room, I was, I was going to try and, like, split it up, but I feel like I'm just going to have to do a free-for-all. If you're, like, a little one, you can join in as well, Florence, or in infants or in juniors. Uh, down here, there's some, like, colouring that I want you to kind of help me out with. We're going to have a little surprise at the end. So you can either come to the front, share your pens. I'm not on dad duty, so you make sure you're sharing. Come, come to the front. You can colour down here, or you can take it back to your seats. But you're going to help me with this down here, okay? So if you want to do some colouring, come on, come on down to the front. Mariella, Renee, set the, set the standard. We can go. This has to happen because it's kind of like part of the end. So if nobody colours, then we're going to be in a bit of trouble. Cheers, guys. I've got, I've got some. Yes, well played. You come and go over here. Yes. Wonderful. So you guys are going to help me out with verse 4, okay? So I'm not skipping over verse 4. That's going to be part of the special surprise at the end, okay? Keep that in your minds. Everyone else, let's take our first look at the stained glass window psalm and see that it teaches us this. God is in control. Let me read verse 5 to 7 for us. For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does, whether heaven and on earth, in the seas and all deeps. He it is who makes the clouds rise at the end of the earth, who makes lightnings for the rain and brings forth the wind from his storehouses. Lots of imagery in those verses, isn't there? God is in control, and we should praise him for that. To help us understand that God is in control, I want to introduce you uh, to this. This is what my wife, Joy, likes to call the claw. Now, the claw is famous in my life. It is famous in our house. Because this is what I do when I feel totally out of control. For example, when I'm doing the DIY, and I'm trying to put in the clicking flooring, and it's not quite clicking in the way it should, 
bang, out comes the claw. Maybe even the dreaded double claw. <laughs> or sometimes when I'm working at my desk and the computer's not working or the Wi-Fi's cutting out, bang, out comes the claw. I'm making dinner and it's not quite going to time, bang, out comes the claw. Now the claw is funny, right? But to me, it is crushing in those moments. My hands are open, they are stiff, they remind me that there is nothing I can do. I am totally out of control. You might not have the claw, but you will do something. Something when you feel totally out of control. Maybe it's biting your fingernails. Maybe you just have a meltdown, you have a big long cry and you just have to go to your bed. Maybe you get a bit angry, maybe you punch something or you slam a door. Some people have panic attacks. Some people need to go for a long walk or a long drive. You'll know. You'll know what you do in those moments when you feel totally out of control. It's not nice to think about those moments, is it? But you see that in order to prove that God is in control, the psalmist takes us to the places where everything feels totally out of control. Do you see that? In verse 6, the psalmist takes us to the depths of the seas. The news reminded us recently that the depths of the seas is actually a place to be feared, isn't it? A place where it feels totally out of control. Or when we look off into the horizon and we see the storm clouds gathering, like in verse 7, we know that nothing's going to stop them, not even the month of July. Scary thunderstorms, heavy rain, strong winds too. Our stained glass window psalm takes us to those out-of-control places because it tells us something important. In the moments where life feels totally out of control for you, that is when God is in total control. That means that every time I do the claw, or I bite my fingers, and I feel totally out of control, the truth could not be clearer. The Lord is in control. Every time that you feel totally out of control and, and you feel like you do that thing that you do, the stained glass window psalm teaches you that when things feel horribly out of control, a total mess, the Lord is in control. Now, there might be some questions that you have off the back of that. Feel free to chat to me afterwards. But I know that if I'm really honest with myself, I'm really glad that he is in control in those moments. Because if he isn't, I have no hope. It feels horrible being out of control. Praise the Lord that he never is. The Lord is always in control. As I read those verses, my mind can't help but wander to Jesus on the boat with the disciples. You know, when he's sleeping and the storm comes, the winds are blowing, the waves are raging, and he wakes up and in a word he calms the storm. It's a helpful reminder that the Lord Jesus is the Lord of this psalm, right? When we see the Lord in this psalm, we should be thinking of Jesus. Jesus is the one who's always in control, 
even when everything feels totally out of control for you. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise Jesus. Now, you guys are all down here colouring. What I was hoping to do was to kind of get this section to kind of help out with this colouring. I've got some more colouring to do down here. Anyone in the middle row want to come and help out? There's some colouring down here to do in the middle section that's going to be part of our surprise at the end. It's helping out with verse 12. If nobody comes, you guys are going to have to come and do one of these as well. Come and jump over here and help with some of these. Someone else might be able to come and help a minute in, in, in a minute or two. But some of you move over to this one and do some colouring in here. There's no way you're going to finish this on time. I've totally overestimated your colouring abilities. You're too, too specific, right? You, you, you're too committed to the cause. Okay, let's move on to the next part of our stained glass window psalm and find out that it teaches us this. God always wins. That's the next part of our stained glass window story. God always wins. Let me read from verse 8 to us. He it was who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, both of man and of beast. Who in your midst, O Egypt, sent signs and wonders against Pharaoh and all his servants? Who struck down many nations and killed mighty kings, Sion, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan, and gave their land as a heritage, a heritage to his people, Israel. An impressive list of victories there. God always wins, and we should praise him for that. I don't know about you, but it's hard to get excited about God winning all of those battles, right? Unless you're like a 10-year-old boy. So I want to try and channel my 10-year-old boy this morning, okay? Just to help us understand how amazing these verses are, we've got to, get, got, to, got, to, got to get in that zone. So when I was younger, I used to watch lots of professional wrestling. And I don't mean like the Olympic-style wrestling. I mean like the performing stuff with people like Giant Haystacks or Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair or The Rock or John Cena. But there was one particular wrestler that I really loved. And his name was Goldberg. Now, I wasn't allowed to stay up late watching wrestling, so they had to record it on a videotape. Kids, ask parents about what that is later on. So I'd put in the videotape and I'd watch it the next day. And this guy, Goldberg, he was something else. He wasn't like all the other wrestlers. He would be in his locker room getting ready and the security would have to come and knock on his door and escort him to the ring because he was such a dangerous guy. He would stand in that golden pyro and you wouldn't be able to see him. And when the pyro stopped, he would breathe out smoke like a fire-breathing dragon. And here's what's amazing about Goldberg. He always won. Always won. He would do two moves in the whole match. He would do a spear, which was like this shoulder tackle, he would do a jackhammer where he would lift them high up in the air and then he'd throw them down. One, two, three, Goldberg wins. And Goldberg literally did this every single week. Spear, jackhammer, one, two, three, Goldberg wins. And finally, after 112 wins in a row, exactly like that, he had a fight for the championship belt. And sure enough, Spear, Jackhammer, one, two, three, Goldberg wins. He is the champion of the world. 
Now that sort of excitement for a 10-year-old boy blew me away. And that sort of excitement, I think, is what the Israelites were feeling when they would read verse 8 to verse 11. Because the list of victories in Psalm 135, they read a little bit like Goldberg's wrestling matches, don't they? He it was who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, both of man and of beast. Spear, jackhammer, one, two, three, God wins. Who sent signs against Pharaoh and all his servants? Who struck down many nations and killed mighty kings? Spear, jackhammer, one, two, three. God wins. Sion, king of the Amorites. Og, king of Bashan. All the kingdoms of Canaan. Spear, jackhammer. One, two, three. God wins. God wins, and he wins, and he wins, and he wins, until he becomes the king of kings. Now, I want that to excite you this morning like it would have excited the Israelites. I want it to excite you that maybe like it excites the 10-year-old boys in the room. God always wins. Now, I know that you worry that maybe God's not going to get you to the end as a Christian. I feel that too. I know that you worry that your sin and that the devil is going to defeat you and you're going to give up on Jesus. But hear this from our psalm. God always wins. When you feel like it's getting harder and harder to be a Christian at school or at college or at university or in the workplace or even at home, See this in our stained glass window psalm. Hear what it teaches you. One, two, three. God wins. The Lord Jesus is King of Kings and He always wins. And I know that you are tempted to not follow Him. I know that you are tempted to run away, live life not obeying Jesus, and just live a life of comfort just for yourself. But really, where else are you going to go? The Lord always wins. There's no other side worth being on. Stay on the Lord's side because he always wins no matter what. God always wins. How are we getting on with these colouring, guys? We've got like a letter done of each. Yes, this is great. Finish that one. Someone needs to commit and stay to finishing this one because guess what? We've got another one to colour in over there. This is, this is like homework, right? <laughs> Luke, you're, you're focusing on that one. You're going to get that one done. Who's finishing off this one? Molly, Mariella, Renee? If one of you guys can go over there and finish off praise, maybe tag team together to finish off one sheet of praise, that would be great. And you've got to get home done, okay? Can you do it? We can do it. Uh, while they figure out, and to give them a little bit of time to kind of catch up on, on where we're going... Just quickly, if you are sitting here and you're not a Christian today, it's really great that you're here. We love having you here. Stick around, chat to everyone at the end. But if you're sitting here and you're not a Christian this morning, or maybe you've been on camp and you're wondering, you know what, I don't know if I am a Christian or not. The Bible says that you are an enemy to God. 
Now that's really difficult to hear. I had to look at that for myself in the Bible as well. Because I didn't want God to be in charge. I didn't want him to, to, to be in charge. I wanted to be in charge myself. But if what we've just read is true, and that God always wins, then being an enemy to God is the last thing that you'd want to be, right? But there's something amazing about who the Lord is. You see, when Jesus, the Lord of this psalm, comes into this world, loads of people think that he's going to come and he's going to be just like Goldberg. They think he's going to spear, jackhammer, one, two, three, and he's going to defeat all the enemies. That's what they think when Jesus comes into the world. But that isn't what Jesus does. Instead, Jesus comes into the world and he serves. And he suffers. Jesus serves, suffers, dies on a cross. One, two, three, Jesus dies. When you're not living with Jesus in charge, the Bible calls it sin. And we're told that we deserve punishment for our sin. We should be added to the list of enemies in 8 to 12. So the question that the Bible answers is how do you go from being an enemy to God to being a friend of God? And the answer is that you need the Lord of this psalm. You need the Lord Jesus. He, out of obedient love, dies on the cross to take away the punishment that you deserve the punishment that I deserve. If you're not a Christian today or you're feeling far away from God this morning, please hear this. Jesus loves you. And he dies on the cross so that an enemy of God could be made a friend of God. Turn from your sins. Stop being an enemy of God this morning and find forgiveness in the Lord Jesus. And to prove the point further, Jesus doesn't stay dead. He rises from the dead. Because guess what? God always wins. Jesus always wins. Praise the Lord. That's the second part of our stained glass window story. God always wins. We're going to take one last look at the stained window psalm now. So you guys, this is your final, like, you've got one more bit to, to do it. You can, you can do it. We can do it. This is what the last bit teaches us. God rules forever. God's in control. He always wins and he rules forever. Let me read from verse 13 for us. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your renown, O Lord, throughout all ages. For the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they do not see. They have ears, but do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. I love those first couple of verses. The ones where it says, Your name, O Lord, endures forever. And that he's going to vindicate his people, have compassion on his servants. God rules forever. And there is a day coming when it will be clear that being a Christian is always the way that you should have lived your life. But we're going to have to wait for that day. And our psalm is really clear about things that are going to try and take us away from God. The psalm calls them idols. Uh, idols back in the day were like gold or silver statues. They looked really precious. They looked really beautiful. 
They were worth a lot of money. And everyone thought that the statues were so amazing that maybe they were better than God. They should have been God. They were God. The Israelites, uh, people around them, they would have thought that, that these idols, they looked precious and beautiful and life is all about following those things that are precious and beautiful and that are going to make us feel and really, really happy. But your life is not about living for those precious and beautiful things. Your life is about God and living for God, the God who made you, the God who we've just heard loves you. Today, an idol is still something that seems amazing and great, anything that seems better than Jesus. Maybe it's living a comfortable life, having lots of friends at school, having enough money to retire well, achieving your dreams, having a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a husband or a wife, or having a job that makes you feel happy. But look at the way that all of these idols are described, right? They have mouths, they don't speak. They have eyes, but they can't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. They have mouths, but they don't breathe. The idols look all right, but they don't do anything. They've got no life in them. It's a little bit like one of these guys. I don't know where I've seen one before. Maybe it's somewhere like Butlins, but I remember being a kid and seeing one of these tube men for the first time. You blow air into them, they've got big smiles, they're super colourful, and they kind of just wave around like that, right? And as a kid, they just make you feel so happy. They're just there, dancing around, having a time of their lives. But you know what happened? At the end of the day, I remember walking and seeing one of these guys with no air in them. Broke my heart. They were crushed, on the floor, no smiles to be seen, no life in them. They looked dead. If you're a Christian, you must learn to spot what is an idol in your life. Is it precious? Is it shiny? Does it look super amazing and promise you so much happiness? Because our psalm says if it looks great, but has no life in it, no breath in it, it's not going to be very good. It ends up like this guy, sad, crumpled on the floor. And our psalm says that that is exactly the way that it will end for people who follow those idols too. You must live for the God of the Bible. The Lord Jesus who keeps on going, endures forever and rules forever. With his mouth, Jesus speaks words of forgiveness and love to you. Jesus has ears. He hears you when you pray to him, you know. Jesus has breath, life in him. And he offers you everlasting life with him too. Live trusting in Jesus. Because nothing else is worth living for. No matter how shiny or precious or happy it makes you feel. We've spent our time looking at the stained glass window psalm now. We're going to have a bit of a summary time. Um, kids, do you want to come and bring up some of the drawings that you've done? You can definitely take them home uh, to continue thinking about some of these things. You remember that I said that there was some little su surprises in this. You know like when you look at stained glass window, you take a look at it and you keep spotting more and more things. Has anyone got one that says chosen over here? Can you show me this one, Luke? 
Luke has been working super hard. He's done a beautiful drawing, beautiful colours for a beautiful truth. In verse 4 of our psalm, it says, For the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself, Israel, as his own possession. We saw that Jesus is in control. And Luke's been helping us think about how, in verse 4, with God being in total control, what does he do? He chooses people. People like you as a treasured possession to him. How beautiful is that? Who's got one that says home? Molly, you've got one that says home. Molly has been colouring in another beautiful colouring for another beautiful truth that we find in verse 12. The story tells us that God always wins and he's decided with all of his winnings what he's going to do is he's going to give it to his people. God always wins and he gives the land as a heritage to his people. Jesus is going to come again and we are going to have a forever home with him because of his victory at the cross. God's chosen people are going to have a forever home with God. And the final thing, Mariella, do you want to come up and do yours? Mariella's made some good progress on her beautiful drawing as well. Another beautiful truth. The Lord Jesus rules forever, and we're going to spend forever praising him. This is what we're going to do with King Jesus today. We pray it's going to be what we do tomorrow. We're going to do it for the rest of eternity. Praise the Lord together. That's how the psalm ends with all these people coming together to bless the Lord, to praise the Lord. And so if the band can come up now, we are going to sing our song in response to this. We're going to praise the Lord together. For he is in control, he always wins, and he rules forever. And through his victory, welcomes you in to praise him. Let's praise the Lord.